Back in 2002, the Seneca Nation in western New York signed a gaming compact with the state, allowing them to operate Las Vegas-style casinos. That deal currently requires a portion of their revenue to go into the pockets of the state, which promised the Senecas a zone of exclusive gambling operations. That agreement was scheduled to end in early December, and a lot has changed in the ensuing two decades, including an explosion of gambling options in New York, and as a result, the Seneca Nation is reportedly looking to reduce what it's required to kick back to the state in future compacts. As we speak on December 6, the two sides have bought themselves extra time to negotiate a new compact, agreeing to extend the current compact until at least March 31st of 2024. To discuss the significance of the compact and much more, we're joined in the Capitol Press Room by State Senator George Borrello, a Western New York Republican. Welcome back to the show, Senator. Good to be back on. Thank you. So as someone who lives literally adjacent to the Seneca property, how would you describe the significance of the gaming compact between the state and Seneca Nation? Well, it's incredibly significant. First and foremost, the Seneca Nation's operations, their gaming operations, are a key component of uh, the hospitality and and, uh, tourism industry in western New York. That compact, in addition to bringing revenue to the state, also, uh, for lack of a better term, trickles down to the municipalities in our area, small rural municipalities like Salamanca, New York, and others, and and Niagara Falls, and, and, and a host of others that receive a portion of that revenue. As we know, uh, with Andrew Cuomo and uh, him withholding those payments to the municipalities when they had when he had issues with them, it's important uh, revenue to those municipalities. It, it funds important things like first responders and so forth. So it's incredibly important that this compact is renewed. But as you mentioned in your opening, there's been a lot of damage done to the relationship. Andrew Cuomo certainly had a hostile relationship with the Seneca Nation, and unfortunately, this governor isn't doing much better, and the landscape has changed, and I think it's going to be very difficult to maintain that same percentage. However, the governor has to recognize the fact that New York State has saturated the market when it comes to gaming, and that has uh, put more money in the pockets of the state coffers uh, while taking it out of the pockets of Senecas and others. Well, yeah, you mentioned, and I teased it at the top, that the gambling market in New York as a whole has become more saturated. And as a result, the Seneca Nation is hoping to reduce that 25% figure it pays on slot machines and other gambling revenues. But when it comes to gambling in New York, a lot of the facilities are what are considered convenience gambling. They're not necessarily destination sites. So it's not like something that might open in New York City is detracting from Western New York business. A lot of that is people in the area, so to speak. So when you think about the Seneca Nation's request to lower that percentage, does it make sense to you? Is there reason to believe that the facilities that have popped up around New York are cutting into their business? Absolutely, 100%. First and foremost, one of the things that was done under the Cuomo administration was to open three state-run casinos. One of them, Del Lago, literally on the edge, the border of the exclusive area. I'll also mention that if you look across this nation at other similar agreements in other states... With a 25% uh, revenue payout to the states, that usually comes with a complete exclusivity. You look at other, you know, particularly out west, where uh, you know native tribes have a total monopoly, for lack of a better term, on uh, gaming, and that's not so in New York State. At 25% of those slot revenues, they did not get exclusivity. 
On top of that, you look at Delago and the three state-run casinos, all of which, last I knew, were absolutely hemorrhaging money and not successful, not profitable. That in itself is a sign that the market has been saturated, even in the, the gaming and entertainment world. I mean, Delago is a full service, you know, with, with, with not just hotels, luxury hotel rooms, restaurants, big-name entertainment coming in, uh, which is also the same business that the Seneca Nation is in, and all the other properties across New York State. You're not more than an hour's drive anywhere in New York State currently from a gaming facility. So the market is definitely saturated. So we talk about the evolution of the gambling market in New York, but the Seneca Nation has also benefited from the additional gambling operations that come online in the terms of something like sports gambling, because there's new revenue opportunities for them as well. So why shouldn't we think about this evolving market lifting all boats, so to speak, including the Seneca's? Well, I would disagree that the sports gambling was a benefit. First of all, it wasn't exclusive to them. Secondly, it was largely a benefit to New York State. You look at the big operations that have come in that are outside of New York State that have come in to operate the gaming and the way that the Cuomo administration set it up with basically these large mega companies controlling all of it. I, I don't see how that really benefits the Seneca Nation or any others. You know, I also represent you know, Batavia Downs, which is a racino, you know, that uh, has been under attack, uh, unfortunately, by efforts in Albany. So when you look at that and you put it all together, you also have a, a bill currently uh, in the, uh, the Senate that would bring um, online gaming to New York State, again, with New York State profiting from that at the expense of others. Uh, you know, look, anybody who's in business understands what happens when your market becomes saturated and you've created, you've basically commodified gaming in New York State. That means that the, there's only so much money to go around that people are spending, uh, and that means uh, everybody's slicing up the same pie in a much smaller space, and that has a negative impact on all of them. From the state perspective, what do you think the Hochul administration should be trying to get out of a new compact? Is it in their best interest to get the status quo, or are there other gambling concessions or changes that they should be trying to realize? Well, there are real people attached to this, okay? The, the Seneca Nation employs more than a 1,000 Western New Yorkers, most of them non-native, I might add. They have a big economic impact in, in areas from Niagara Falls to Buffalo to Salamanca and beyond. And a compact that maintains that viability of those operations is an important economic driver. So she, that should be her first and foremost. Try to repair the tremendous damage done by her predecessor to that relationship. And part of that is recognizing the fact that New York State is putting more money into its coffers from other gambling revenues, uh, the state-run casinos, sports gambling, and so forth. Uh, and that has, in fact, had a negative impact uh, on the Seneca Nation and others uh, in their operations. And then more, furthermore, that uh, you know, going forward, uh, whatever other, whether it's online gaming or whatever, that the state is going to have complete control over that and where the revenue goes. There should be a lower percentage, but also uh, the municipalities that get a percentage of that, uh, they should not be harmed by this. They should be maintained and, if not, expanded because New York State has more money overall from gaming than it did before because of actions taken by uh, both Andrew Cuomo and Kathy Hochul. Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about the gaming compact between the Seneca Nation and New York State. So in the waning days of the 2023 legislative session, the Senate essentially gave its blessing to a new compact with the Assembly Democrats at the last second uh, refusing to move the proposal when it came out that the agreement uh, could potentially pave the way for the Senecas to expand their gaming operations into the Rochester area. 
What, if anything, do you know uh, about that element uh, of negotiations? And do you think there should be uh, an expansion of the Seneca operations into the Rochester area? Well, first of all, I think there was poor communication on the part of the governor uh, for her not to speak, even with her people in her own party that represent that Rochester area and let them know that this was in the compact. Uh, it shows that uh, there was not good communication and certainly not good faith negotiations. As far as whether or not there should be another casino in Rochester, you know, I'll leave that up to the experts in that area, but I will say that um, it also shows the fact that the Senate doesn't recognize the fact that the state government getting into the gambling business with its own state-run casino and with them talking about putting a casino in New York City and uh, sports gambling, online gambling, all of that that's going to further attack their sources of revenue, why wouldn't they want another casino somewhere else to try to offset that? So if the governor wants to, you know, into this compact include a more holistic view of gaming that includes, uh, you know, revenue sharing and certainly participation by Senecas and others in these other new forms of gaming. That's probably a better way to look at this than just a, a, a brick-and-mortar casino. You mentioned the idea of a holistic view. And when it comes to the compact, which is just about gambling, it seems like this is an opportunity to negotiate on other areas of interest that the Senecas and the New York state officials might have with regards to to that area. I think about the kerfuffle over the throughway conditions out in, in that neck of the woods as one possible topic. Do you view this as an opportunity to have more comprehensive talks or should things be focused solely on the gambling aspects of this relationship? Well, I can tell you the folks in Seneca Nation that I've worked with, the, the president, members of the tribal council, they want to ensure that whatever revenue that they're paying out is going to benefit the municipalities locally, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, it's economic development, it's it's public safety, it's all those issues because the communities that host them, uh, obviously they want those communities to thrive and to have the tools that they need to support uh, a better environment for, for them and, and uh, for those relationships between the Senecas and their host communities. So there's a, a effort on the part of the Seneca us to look at this, in my opinion, in a more holistic way and to talk about how the revenue they're paying out should go directly to those communities and not just into the black hole of Albany, which is where it goes now, and then the governor, whoever it might be, determining whether or not they're going to pay out the municipalities. Direct payments from the Senecas to those municipalities or, or some other better way of ensuring that the money that is collected in those communities also benefits those communities. And we mentioned the snafu at the end of the legislative session, so to speak, with regards to the compact legislation moving through the assembly. And you mentioned the idea of the governor not communicating with members of her own party. And I think that speaks to a larger issue of opaqueness over this compact with the governor's office being very mum on what they're willing to say. Uh, Is that just a product of negotiations and people need to keep their cards close to their vest? Or do you think that there is an opportunity for either the state or even the Seneca Nation to be more uh, upfront during these negotiations? I think the Seneca Nation has been upfront from the beginning. I think the governor has lacked transparency and has not been negotiating in good faith. You know, there has been story after story of we've come to an agreement and then all of a sudden that falls apart. This has happened time and time again. Even though the extension now uh, was up to, I would call, the 11th hour to try and extend this. And uh, I just don't see the governor's team negotiating in good faith or understanding the dynamics of what they're supposed to be negotiating. So uh, I, I do believe the Seneca Nation is, is uh, has... Uh, good intentions, particularly when it comes to our communities, our host communities, surrounding communities. And we've yet to see that um, 
you know, I guess, better view of the bigger picture coming from the, the governor's team on this. So my hope is is that turns around. You know, again, uh, you went from a hostile relationship with the Cuomo administration uh, to, I would say, a uh, disassociated relationship with the Hochul administration. At what point is there a is there a good, productive relationship that benefits everyone? We've yet to see that. What happens if on April 1st, this deal runs out, uh, the two sides don't want to do an extension? What does that mean for, say, the gambling operations in the Seneca Nation? Do they get to just continue unabated and don't have to send any money to the state? Uh, can the state come in and crack down on it? What, what happens if there is no deal? Well, let's be understand one thing. The Seneca Nation, uh, as are all native territories, they are sovereign land. They are their own nation. And I don't see any reason why the, the state government would be able to come in onto sovereign territory. <laughs> no, I don't imagine yeah, they would. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that leaves the federal government, right? And I don't see the Department of Interior and the federal government, uh, Department of Indian Affairs, Bureau of Indian Affairs, uh, wanting to come in with any kind of force, uh, if you will, to shut them down. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they would be able to continue on without paying anything. Now, that being said, I, the, the story I heard was that this uh, deal that was signed included an automatic renewal uh, of this extension. We will see um, how that plays out. I, I, I don't don't think that's a great idea, quite frankly, because I don't think it, it really incentivizes the governor to kick the can down the road further. Um, and, uh, you know, that's already happened several times. So, But I, I don't see any reason why they would have to shut down their gaming operations if a compact extension somehow did expire. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with State Senator George Borello. He is a Western New York Republican. Senator, thank you so much for visiting us. Thank you. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.